You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, guys? It's Matt coming to you after a couple weeks had to reflect on the upcoming episode with my friend, Michael Jacobs, who is now known as Nye Shilling, the crazy cryptocurrency guy that you may or may not have seen on YouTube. Maybe you don't know anything about cryptocurrency, and this will be a great opportunity for you to learn about it. But more than that, this podcast has really deep meaning to me. You are going to hear really, in my opinion, one of the deepest conversations that I've ever had with somebody on the podcast. Michael talks about the darkest days of his story that I was not aware of. Uh, Michael is someone who I consider a close personal friend and who is really a, a type of spiritual mentor to me starting close to five years ago. And uh, yeah, you're really going to hear about the dangers of certain spiritual practices. You're going to hear about his story of rebounding. You're going to hear about uh, just also, of course, like I said, cryptocurrency and building a business, but how he has been able to transform his life yet again, establish a new identity for himself and go out and continue to follow his dreams. And uh, for anybody out there who's ever struggled with depression or suicidal thoughts or anything like that, this is one that you're not going to want to miss. has a lot of meaning for me, as I said. So please enjoy this very special conversation with my good friend, Michael Jacobs. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Matt Wilson. And today I'm here with my good friend, Michael Jacobs. Michael now goes by a different name. He is in a different industry than the last time we interviewed him here on the podcast. So I'm actually going to let him introduce himself because last time I saw him online, he was wearing a mask and sunglasses talking about cryptocurrency. And I did not recognize him, obviously, because you were wearing a mask. You looked like uh, one of El Chapo's guys. <laughs> so, whoa, what's going on, Michael? What's, on, what's going on, my brother? I'm glad to be here, dude. Super glad to be here. <laughs> good, good to have you. Can you tell everybody, everybody your new name, yeah. your brand, what's going on? Yeah, so I guess a quick little intro is my name is Michael. I run a brand in the cryptocurrency space called Nye, Nye the Crypto Guy. And yeah, I used to be 100% anonymous online. So I used to wear a bandana, a mask, sunglasses, a bunch of different stuff just because it was fun. It was interesting. It caught people's attention. And I just didn't want people to know who I was in the very beginning. And uh, as that evolved, I'm now no longer anonymous, but I'm still talking about cryptocurrency online, running a marketing company in the space, uh, starting a podcast here pretty soon, and got some other cool shit up my sleeve. Cool. Uh, we're here. It's, it's worth mentioning this is an in-person interview. I don't get the opportunity to do a lot of them. So pumped about that. And, and we're, we're in Bali. Yeah, we're in Bali, Indonesia. <laughs> so that's a big deal. You just got here. How long ago? How a long have you been in Bali? About a week? Something like that. Yeah. You know, um, I've been traveling around Asia for the last six months. Specifically this trip right before I got here. I was in Bangkok. I was in Singapore. I was in... South Korea, Seoul, and I was in Vietnam all within like a five or six day span. It was really, really ridiculous. But landed in Bali about a week and a half ago, not planning on leaving for a little while. So to be here, dude. Great. Yeah. 
all right, so of course I want to talk more about cryptocurrency, opportunities for people, et cetera, and your take on markets and, and yeah. actually just demystifying everything. But I've also known you for the last five years at least. Yeah, probably a little bit more or something like that. Yeah, I've seen crazy evolution of Michael Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, and I mean crazy in the nicest possible, yeah, the I, kindest possible way. I took it as a compliment. So I good. hope so. I hope so. All right. So to give everybody a little bit of a backstory, we met in Costa Rica. Yeah. Cesar Romero. I know you remember Caesar. Of course. Of course. Uh, he was under 30 experiences, first employee. And he messaged you online. As far as I remember the story, he messaged you online and said, hey, man, want to come on a trip to Costa Rica? At the time, under 30 experiences, this is when we were in our infancy, just for entrepreneurs, like 2013. I think this was one of your first trips, if I, don't, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like first, first five. I first five, I would yeah. say. And he wrote to you, hey, man, want to come to Costa Rica with a bunch of other entrepreneurs? Your response, do you remember what it was? I have no idea. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's, that's what you said. You said Sounds like something yeah. I would still say. <laughs> yes, uh, and I appreciate that. And you came, and the trip was magical. Yeah, it's a good one. If people want to know, we still run a similar itinerary. The trip was so magical that we haven't really changed the trip very much since you've been on it over the last five years. Uh, we went to a place called Rancho Margot uh, outside of Arenal, a little town called El Castillo outside of La Fortuna, if anybody's familiar with Costa Rica, based of the Arenal volcano. Yeah, I mean, the, the trip was so magical. I literally went back like three months after to go stay at Rancho Margot even longer. That's right. Yeah, I, went, I forgot about I went that. And, like, I was like so inspired by Costa Rica. I think I lived there for like four months or something like that out of a backpack. So, damn, okay. And we met several, or we, we hung out, spent a lot of time together in Costa Rica on a few other occasions as it, the place keeps calling people back. It's one of those places. In Costa Rica, you came there, I don't think with many expectations for what you were getting yourself into. And there was just some type of magic. Uh, Costa Rica, of course, yes, is magical. This place that I'm talking about, Rancho, is is very magical as well. We just had an um, incredible group of people. The timing was right. Everyone got along really well. And then there was this dude, Michael Jacobs. <laughs> and I'll be honest, you kind of cast everyone, again, in, in the nicest possible way, you cast everyone under your spell. You had this insane aura not insane. I got to use <laughs> kinder words. I, I know, know you know. I know exactly what you mean. Like it's you had this incredible in aura yeah. to you. You had visited India where you were wandering the jungle, previously broke through all of these constructs that were holding back. And you had a massive spiritual awakening. And everyone who came in contact with you for years after that, it's like, oh my God, who is this guy? This really an incredible human being, but on a level that you're on another level. Let's say that. Yeah, is that a good that. way to describe we, it? We could say that, yeah. Totally. I mean, like if, if I'd even describe it now, it's just like I I had, had like I had just gone through I guess you could say the word awakening, you know, through the awakening period. And it was more of just like a breakthrough period of like being kept in this construct 
my whole life of I have to do A, I have to do B, I have to do C. Like after I go to college, I have to get a job. I, did, I had this, this predetermined setup in my mind based upon expectations from my mother and father of what I had to do in my life. And that involved me going from college to a normal paying job, wearing a suit and going to an office every day and making sure I had a, like a, a paycheck that was secure and living within like the quote unquote, the system, you know, like the ideology that a lot of Americans live in. And I had just like India was like the breakthrough point for me where I realized I didn't have to fully do that. You know, I'd been resistant of the concept for a while. India was where I kind of took that first step over the ledge and just said, fuck it, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do this. And then I went really hard with it and pushed myself in, in many different physical, mental, and spiritual aspects to, to see what was beyond uh, what everybody else was thinking about, kind of beyond what everybody else's perspective was or opinions were. And yeah, that led me to Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm excited to be able to put this story together because... Most likely, a lot of people who are listening when this airs know you from YouTube and or on stage at a crypto conference. No idea that, well, first of all, your name is Michael Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind me putting your identity out it's, there it's completely. Out and that, I mean, you, you've written books probably that are still on Amazon yeah, that no, people can so. go read to... Uh, spiritual books about how to become a better person yeah. in general meditation really? meditation, meditation videos a bunch of stuff i have a whole youtube channel with over a few hundred thousand views all just on guided meditations and mindfulness and improving yourself i mean i think that the point i want to like really like dive into is while it's interesting to hear your perspective from all of that it's also interesting to see where i've come to now for sure because there's a point where things get taken too far. A lot of, I mean, I, we'll just be fully open on the podcast if you're cool with it. Like a lot of my awakening was like substance fueled, you know? Sure. Uh, psychedelics, plant medicine, uh, cannabis, alcohol, a bunch of different stuff. And while at the time I really believed like I was utilizing it in a good purpose and then it was, it was, it was positive and it was beneficial. And while on the external, it may have seemed that way, there was also no grounding, you know, there was no solid like root for me in the ground in terms of like, what was I actually doing in the world? And we'll get into the whole story of how all that changed and stuff. But like, that's kind of where I am today right now. I feel better about what I'm doing with my life because it's not so much of, hey, I'm 20, 21 years old, going at the world as hard as I can and, and taking everything and, and, and saying, this is wrong, this is wrong, I'm going to go change all this right now, which I think a lot of people have that mentality. But it's more taking a structured approach to it and saying like, yeah, like I do still see these things that are wrong with the world. I do still see that this needs to be changed or this needs to be altered or, or it can be altered. But I can't do that as a 21-year-old with no presence, no money, no structure. I couldn't even take care of myself at that age. You know what I mean? I was like 20, 21 years old. Like if you would put me in a house by myself and told me like, hey, you need to cook your own food. You need to like make sure that you're like taking care of yourself at every degree. Like I most likely would have failed at that. Even though in my mind and in my verbal presentations, I was like, let's do this. Let's take on the fucking world. 
And that's what I'm like, been really working hard on building the last year and still working very hard on building. Yeah, hell yeah. And forgive me for being so enamored with the guru Michael Jacobs because (laughs) that guy had a huge impact on me, seriously. And I mean, I think I've told you this multiple times, but as far as my own meditation practice and just seeing you deconstruct the world around you and go and be the person who you want it to be. I know it's been a, a long journey and there's been a lot of darkness as well. Yeah, I couldn't help but introduce you like that from the Michael Jacobs that that I know uh, and that I love. So yeah, I love it. Thank uh, you. Yeah, of course. Of course. So I do want to also mention when Caesar messaged you. Yeah. You may have may or may not have been wandering the jungle in India, but <laughs> you also had I believe an app company. Yes, I did. At the time was featured in Entrepreneur Magazine. And that's how we found out about you. So we didn't know anything about the other stuff that you were into or what you were going through personally. But you were an entrepreneur at that time. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about your uh, 21-year-old entrepreneur or maybe even younger. Yeah, man. I mean, I started that app company, I think, when I was like... 19 or something like that 18 turning 19 and it was really cool it was a mobile app it's probably probably talked about it on the last podcast a lot it was a mobile app that was uh called social link and it was to connect people when they met in person so you could i could you and i could be meeting right now and we'd pull out each each pull out the app and click a button we'd be friends on all social media channels um i thought it was a really cool idea that was needed and um the fact of the matter was i wasn't ready to take it on to a very heavy, like high degree. I was inspired by it. I liked it a lot and, and took it as far as I could. And then realized like, then got very heavy into like the self-searching kind of realm Mm -hmm. and ended up kind of, I mean, I sold the company, but didn't like make money on it. You know, I sold it for a little bit above break even, I think, and moved to Costa Rica, Literally, literally like a Costa Rica trip and came back, realized I really wanted to be in Costa Rica, realized the company, like I, I had hired the wrong people. I, I thought it was going to be easier than it was going to be. I didn't build the necessary structures, which is probably why I, like, I'm so heavy on building structure right now in my life. And, and I will probably be continually talking about it on this, this podcast is because it's super fucking important. I think people like ignore it. You know, I think people rush into businesses, rush into relationships, rush into life-altering decisions without building the necessary structure in order to sustain it and stabilize it and have it last over long periods of time. So that's what I had pretty much done with the app company. I had built it. It was good. I had been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, like had a full full two-page spread in the magazine. I had gotten a lot of other good publications, Yahoo and stuff like that. We had 15,000 users. It wasn't anything major, but it wasn't like tiny. But I had hired the wrong people to work with me. They weren't as inspired as I was. You know, I was ready to like stay inside every Friday night and not go to parties, and they weren't ready to do that, and that mm-hmm. frustrated me. You know, and and when you, whether it's an emotional relationship with your partner, whether it's a business relationship, when there's uh, that kind of tension and it isn't spoken about or it isn't, isn't addressed, then it builds up and it builds up and it builds up, and and I think really the 
the main reason that I wanted to leave the company was that, to be honest with you. It had just gotten to the point where there was too much emotional baggage for me to even address. For you. I didn't know even where to start. I didn't even know that I needed to start that conversation with my business partners. And yeah, and I just, I didn't, I didn't know what to do about it. So I, I think it, it, it had gotten a little bit overwhelming for me. And I just kind of figured the easier path would be for me to let it go and go work on quote unquote, finding myself or whatever that meant. Sure. Well, entrepreneurship in its cycles, certainly you learn a lot about yourself as you did at this company. And then it led you to something entirely different, which was in a way an entrepreneurial venture of your own, you know, writing books and and things like that. Um, Yeah. I don't discredit or regret any of it. Like I want to make that super clear. Like, like that was super, super valuable. Just looking back now, I'm just like, okay, I just wasn't ready for it. You know, sure. Wasn't ready to take it to the level that I really want to take something to. Sure. And so speaking of cycles, you had the cycle where, all right, you had to break down. So you built something, right? Mm -hmm. And then you wanted to go and break down the constructs of what society told you to do, whether it was your parents, as you mentioned, and and all of this. And you broke that down with a vengeance to a a point where, you know, Michael Jacobs hardly existed you know you were floating in time and space and another yeah on another level but then you had to build the constructs and now you're building several new businesses and a life for yourself yeah you got your feet on the ground now please yeah i mean i think that's i think this is a really important conversation you know i think that spirituality is really important where whatever you define that as i think it's very important but it's taken too far a lot of the times with, especially with like our generation, 18 to 25, 30, maybe, maybe even into the thirties. What you just said there is like really true, you know, like, like Michael Jacobs wasn't there. And it was more of just, I had, I had broken down the structures and belief systems to a point where maybe I had like a big broad over, like I could speak it well. And I had some clarity on like, I was looking at myself you know, I could look at myself from the outside very well, but it was very hard for me to be me. You know, it was very hard for me to be in reality and to be a participant in reality, which mm-hmm. is what really matters. And I think this is a, a large problem with a lot of the, like our generation, to be honest, which is why I really want to touch on it. I mean, I think a lot of people tend to take it too far. Like we, we see the problems, we see the issues that are wrong with the world. We see the issues that are wrong with society. We see the issues that are wrong with the way we relate with each other. And we want to change something, but that change can't actually be made unless we're like here, structured, have like physical structure, mental structure, spiritual structure, financial structure, emotional structure. Like there's levels that you need to build in order to actually create an impact on the world. And I really appreciate that you said that like I made a big impact in your life in terms mm-hmm. of the conversations that we had. And, and, and I mean, I always love to have conversations, you know what I mean? it got to the point where I wasn't like moving my life forward. I had like kind of cut myself up so many times and like seen my life from so many different angles that I just wasn't doing anything about my life. And yeah, I guess like pretty much what happened is I just took it, I took it too far, you know, I took it too far. I I got to the place where 
I just ended up in like a super dark spot. And like I had lost and ended a relationship that was like pretty heavy and pretty deep. And that put extreme amounts of emotional pain and, and challenge on me being kind of thrown out of the world and not really knowing like what to do about my life or, or how to manage my life or like not knowing how to take care of myself was the big thing. You know? mm-hmm. If I can't take care of like my existence and, and myself, then how am I going to take care of someone else? How am I going to create an impact on someone else? You know, and, and uh, this is a, a very parallel to things that like I perceived to be happening with a lot of like, our generation is we have these people that are very much into the psychedelics. They're very much into spirituality, but it's been taken too far on a very broad scale of things. Like maybe some people aren't taking it too far, but I think a lot of like people who are, are younger have taken it too far. They don't have structure. They want to change the world, but if they can't even take care of themselves, how are you going to change shit? You're not. Sure. A fact. And so, yeah, it's, it had gotten to a point where like the end of pretty heavy relationship, for lack of a better term, I was just broken. It seemed like all of these contracts that I had built, they were just like broken. My heart had been broken. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very challenging. I'd never experienced something like, like that painful before. There was attempts on my own life and things like that. Thankfully, nothing to the degree where I was going to be successful with it. But it was pretty much living in hell for a while. Wow. Yeah, yeah where I, you don't know any of this. I'm no, no, damn, man. You. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, don't, I haven't shared this with many people, but I'm starting to talk about it a little bit more now because I think it's important. I think it's important that people hear this shit, you know? I think a lot of people experience this shit and don't talk about it. And if you don't talk about it, then you're never going to be able to connect with other humans. And, you know, there's a point in my life where I just didn't think I'd ever connect with anyone again. You know, I, I felt like it was like a super, super painful spot. But the fact is life doesn't stop. And the only time life stops is if you let it stop. And so I realized that while a lot of it was a result of the pain that had been caused from my last relationship, a lot of that also had to do with me. And there was ways that I could improve myself. You know, There was a lot of habits that I was producing or, or, or continually sharing like, or continually executing in my life that were not positive. Just starting with it, like the drugs, you know, like psychedelics, while many people find them to be expansive and while to a degree they can be and and healing, it can also be the opposite if if overused, you know? So I realized that that needed to stop. I needed to stop doing anything that was altering my mind because without stability, without clarity, you can't produce anything. Without producing anything, you're not going to be an active member of society. Without being an active member of society, you're not going to change shit. And there's a lot of people that talk about changing stuff, but really don't change shit because they're not an active member of society. They're not producing something that has the capacity to change the world, that has the capacity to change one person's life or impact them. So yeah, I started probably two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started cutting stuff out. Um, still very like addicted to something, cigarettes and, and alcohol. And, and it's still very hard to like emotionally hold myself up. And so finally, it got to the point where I was just like, I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do it. There is no like, maybe this, that, like, maybe I'll do it for a little while. Maybe I'll just go back after three months. Like, it's either it's do or die. You know what I mean? Like, it's either I decide to like choose a path with my life and I take it and I go as hard as I can on it. And I, I build the necessary structures from the ground up 
And I build myself back up to a place where I'm extremely proud of what I'm creating and I'm proud of like the impact that I'm making on the world. Or for lack of a better like way to say it, I die. Like I kill myself. Like this it's it was like a living hell. So a year ago, about a little bit over a year ago, a year and a half ago now, I like started to get into cryptocurrency and I dabbled in it back in 2012, 2013, very lightly, but full time got into it about middle to end of 2017. And yeah, just fell in love with it, man. At first, it was just about the money. One thing for me is like, I threw out all those adventures that you knew me on in terms of my hippie pants and all that shit. Um, I never had money. And it's a huge stress for me to not be financially secure. And so I needed some sort of financial stability in order to get my mind and my everything else right. So I started doing that. And exactly a year ago, about two or three days ago, a year before that, I decided I'm going 100% sober. I'm not drinking. I'm not smoking. I don't even drink caffeine. I don't fuck with sugar. I don't fuck with anything. You know, like anything that has the capacity to alter my mind, I'm done with that shit. A lot of the things that I shared with you in terms of the deeper, like kind of like out there stuff, like a lot of it, I like believe, you know, a lot of it's very true. The fact that we're here to create an impact on the world. I think that's probably like a lot of the stuff that we used to talk about is, mm-hmm. is like we're here as a collective of people and there's a select few of us that are like here to create impact in other people's lives. And we do that through X, Y, and Z. Whatever we're inspired by, like we're really about the travel, you know, and you're really about the like personal development. And you impact people through having other people on your podcast, through everybody who you meet in your day-to-day life, through bringing people across the world to go experience new things, new events. I think that that's a lot of like us on the planet are here to do is to create that kind of impact. So that hasn't that hasn't changed. But what has changed is the approach of the way that I'm doing it. And I got really really passionate about really about making money and building a financial stability and then once I had that I realized okay what do I want to do now? And I realized that like the thing in the industry that I was in just interested the fuck out of me. So I started really studying like Oh, what is this like technical details behind Bitcoin? Why is this even relevant? Like, why do I need a peer-to-peer network to send my buddy cash? And and now I'm like over the last like couple of weeks to a month, I've been learning about okay, why is this relevant on the broader scheme of things? How do our financial systems work and why why are they failing? Why did they fail back in 2008? Why did everything like why did the whole financial ecosystem of our world almost crash? And will it happen again? So I know we're kind of touching on a lot of topics, but that's, no, this that's, is awesome. yeah, that's kind of where I am today, man, is, is still learning a lot. I mean, I'm nowhere near like the place where I want to be in terms of like, I could sit down and tell you everything. And I want to share as much information about this stuff as possible because I think it's really interesting. I think it's really important. I think finance, like our financial world is what determines, uh, I mean, a lot of things, poverty, it determines like why war, like why wars are going on. Like if we fix the way that currency is printed, then we wouldn't have war. I think it would fix a, a lot of different systems. But yeah, I'm learning, I'm building, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And I'm glad to be here. Wow. Hell yeah. I'm glad, glad you're here. Uh, thank you for sharing all that, first of all. Second of all, I know I told you twice, I think, while we were catching up beforehand. But you look great. Uh, you look healthy. Thanks, bro. Present. As yeah. well, you got some you got some meat got on some, your bones. I got some meat on my bones. I got some tattoos. Yeah, so, you've been going to the gym. Yeah, exactly. It's great. <laughs> so, uh, happy to hear that. And I really think that 
cryptocurrency, the blockchain, all these things that you're into right now are here to stay in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I'm in no way saying that. Uh, I'm predicting Bitcoin is going <laughs> to be a, a quote-unquote thing. Yeah, this is not financial advice. No, in, in <laughs> no way. But the ideas, the theories, the technology, really yeah. the technology that's being built, as you said, has the ability to change the world. And I really, I really want to get into that. But first, I'd like to just kind of ask you about your structure for your life a little bit more, because we've already talked about all the things that you've been through. But now, how do you structure life? How do you look at things when you wake up? Are there certain practices that you do? Like you told me that you go to the gym every day now. Mm -hmm. That is a practice that keeps you grounded. and. Lifting weights literally keeps you grounded. Yeah. That is, that's like, uh, I don't know if they say that in, in Ayurveda, but it works, right? So yeah, tell me about what, what life looks like and how you were able to bounce back from such a, such a crazy place where you were totally not grounded. Yeah, 100%. I guess we could just start with like what I do daily. I mean, so it's different, right? So I, I travel a lot. Um, I've been traveling for the last six months, like literally nonstop in a new place every week, if not even every three to five days. So it's hard to keep up routines when that's happening. When I'm in those kind of states, I'm just making sure that I'm eating healthy. I'm making sure that like when things get too stressful or when things are just too overwhelming, I stop and I get a little meditation practice in. I don't necessarily have like a day-to-day morning routine, night routine when, when it's going crazy like that because... Like it, it's literally like I'm up at 5 a.m. I'm in bed at 2 a.m. You know, it's nonstop. People want my time. They want my attention. And I give it as much as possible in, in the right scenarios. It's easy for me to stay stable like that, though, because I think because of my sobriety, you know, mm-hmm. because I have a clear mind, you know, I'll still go like I'll still go out and I'll still go to the club until like 2 a.m. And everybody's smashed, but I'm there sober and I have clarity on the situation, you know, and I can always say at, at 11 p.m. I'm like, nah, you know, I'm just kind of done with it tonight. I'm not really trying to get into it any later. Even touch on that a little bit more, like it's made me much more aware of my time. So I think the mentality that I have is I have three resources and they're the most important resources and they're time, energy, and attention. And it's made me much more, I've become much more conscious over the last year of where I'm putting my time. And if I spend time with someone, like, like just know that shit's important. You know, like I, I'm giving my time away. I'm giving my attention away, which is probably even the most important. I'm giving my energy away. So I've, I've cut down on doing things that I don't want to do, you know, there's a bunch of after parties in the crypto space. And at first it was like, Oh, cool. Like it might come off weird to somebody listening, but sometimes I'm treated like a, like a celebrity in the space, like a crypto celebrity. I mean, I, I don't think of myself as that at all, but some people are like, Oh, yo, nah, come, come to this party. You got to come, you know, we're going to got a VIP. And so like, I used to go to that and now I've gotten to the point now where I'm just like, nah, bro, like I'll be in my hotel room at 8 PM. I'm on my computer working for a few hours, maybe longer than a few hours. I got shit to do. I got my business to build, you know, and every single fucking second, every single minute I need to utilize to the right time or to the right attention and everything like that. I need to utilize it properly in order to build what I want to build in this world. And I get no pleasure and no joy going to a club. 
same when I'm in Vegas for conferences in Vegas, everybody's like, come gamble, man, come gamble, you know, like, let's, yeah. let's go throw fucking 200 at the, the slots or at the blackjack table, you know? And I'm just like, man, I, one, that doesn't bring me pleasure. And two, that $200 in that time that I spend is going to be utilized a lot better if I put it into the new podcast I'm making or put it into whatever venture that I'm saving up for next. You know, I got a couple up my sleeve and then I'm, I, I want to make sure that like when I'm there, I have the time and I have the financial resources as well to launch it properly. So making sure that those three resources, my time, my energy and attention are utilized to the highest capacity and highest ability um, is really important for me. And now that I'm in Bali, it's actually about building more of a routine. You know, that's like one of the main reasons that I came out here was I was like, I want to be able to have a good morning and night routine. In the very beginning, when I was back in December before I was traveling and I decided to become sober for the first time, that was so important to me. Like it was the most important thing because whether you're a super heavy addict and you're like doing heroin or shit, or whether you're just a small, like smallly addicted, you know, you're trying to quit marijuana or you're just trying to quit cigarettes, you know, like replacing bad habits with good habits is how you do it. And back in December, making sure I w woke up every morning and I was, the first thing I did was go meditate. Second thing I did was shower, brush my teeth. Third thing I did was get orange juice, eat a bagel, eat breakfast, whatever it was, do all that shit before I got on the computer. Made, I had to do that, you know? Make sure that I'm going on walks twice a day. Even if it's not a lot of exercise, it was, it was what my body could handle at that time. That's how I built it up back then. And now I'm just, I'm doing, I'm just building a new routine now. I've got stronger structures already built. So I'm just building a little bit stronger of a routine. You know, I wake up every morning, get some meditation in. Um, I obviously put good food in my body every single day. I'm hitting the gym every single day. One of the main things I actually try to do, which a lot of people are kind of like iffy about, is actually read the news. I, I think it's very important to know what's going on with the world. And even though the news is obviously extremely biased, you can still like, read the news and filter through the bias things to understand what is happening and to see the state of our world a little bit. I mean, I think a little bit of the, oh, the news is too biased. I don't read the news. I think that's kind of a little bit of a spiritual bypass for many people. It's kind of just like, a, oh, well, I don't want to see how bad shit actually is, right. you know, which is important. It's important for me to, to, to do that. I haven't been doing it every day, but I've been trying to. Yeah. It's easy to get lost out here in Bali. Oh, easy, man. It's very easy, but it's good. Yeah. Just making sure that I keep putting good things in my body and make sure that the good things come out of my body. You know, like every fucking word you speak is important, you know, like Absolutely. it's like, it's still highly relevant and yeah, you have to make sure that your, your, your mind's right and think the things that are coming out of your, your, your body and coming into your body are right. And then when you do that and, and you can all align that energy towards a specific focus and towards specific goals and, and structures and in, in terms of a bigger that leads you towards a bigger vision and you can do whatever the fuck you want you know then it becomes easy i mean easy is relative then it becomes a little bit less effort involved yeah and that's how you build your own constructs instead of listening to what everybody else told you you should do i mean you're out here building a business from Bali, living a, an incredible lifestyle and doing things that fulfill you. And that's not what they necessarily teach you in school. That's not what your guidance counselor probably told you in high school. You 100%, know? Uh, 
fucking shit. Cryptocurrency didn't even exist, literally. Yeah. Uh, and people listening, especially my listeners, probably are not familiar very much, or maybe they are, I don't know. But we should give a little primer and then talk about what you're doing and, and where things are going. People can listen. Also, we had a past podcast guest named Laura Shin, who covers cryptocurrency for Forbes. It's a very popular episode, but more because she teaches people how to live their own life and freelance right. Yeah. So you guys can check out that. We'll we'll link up the the show notes, of course. Uh, I think we should put this one up on under30co.com for, cool. for sure. Uh, you know, it's been, so, well, first of all, that I'm not the owner, but it's also been sold twice I since then. Yeah. I, uh, thanks. Cool. Thanks. Kind of funny that it got sold again. But yeah, still in touch with the the new owner. He said, "Yeah, hell yeah, contribute." So yeah. definitely put this up there. I mean, well, yeah. Before before we even get into the crypto stuff, sure, I sure. want to touch a little bit more on the last question. You know? Awesome. And it's about keeping, like, for me, it's about keeping my energy really tight. And what I mean by that is like making sure that obviously the things that are coming in and out of my body are are healthy and good, but also the things that I like I, I let around me. You know, like the people who I spend time with the spaces that I end up putting myself in, you know, when I was still going to crypto conferences and I'm obviously was 100% sober, but I'd still be in the clubs and stuff like that. I finally, like after a month or two of doing it and like showing face, it was more, it was mostly just to show face, you know, just so people like they see me, they're like, yo, what's up, man? Let's do this. You know, um, it was part of the brand. But after a month or two of that, I realized like this shit is irrelevant. It not only is it irrelevant, but it's like, I'm, putting myself there i'm choosing to be there therefore like my energy is being like put into that space and when my energy is put into that space like i'm wasting some of that like that's not where i want my energy to be those aren't the people who i want my energy to be around i want my energy to be given to people who really need it or who really want it or who really benefit from it not for it to just be wasted out at a night in a club trying to talk to some girl or some dude you know about business that we won't remember the next morning. Totally. Yes. It's about treating myself right, is what I would say. Yeah, and business isn't built in the club at 2 a.m., right? And that this reminds me of the tech space when I was in New York and all of these companies were kind of raising their web 2.0 rounds of funding and all of a sudden, these these businesses sounded really promising and hanging out in Union Square all the time where all of these kids basically were running around with other people's money and throwing launch parties and handing out t-shirts and getting bottle service because they thought that was how a business was built and they needed that promotion. And, oh, maybe somebody from this tech news uh media site is going to be there like under 30 ceo.com like that's why i was that's why i was invited to these things and it was ridiculous it was just ego after ego it's 100x worse in the crypto space especially like imagine. since last year when companies would i was telling you earlier matt like companies were raising like 50 to 100 million dollars in under 15 10 seconds like very very quickly because these ICOs, which we'll get into later probably, like they would just sell out super quickly. And these guys got a hundred million and they don't have a working product. They got it all based off of an idea that they wrote a paper about called the white paper. 
So they're like, okay, well, we'll put 20 million of it towards marketing. And like 15 to 10 to 15 million of that marketing was used to party and go to events and make sure that you're in Vegas with the biggest uh, penthouse suite and make sure that everybody comes to it, you know? Yeah, just a bunch of shit, man. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. Should we break down the basics for people? Because sure. I do want to get into some concepts and God, we could talk all... All day, we're already almost 45 minutes yeah, in. We don't have going. to. Yeah, like I, we can. I got all day, man. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, because I also want to break down some of the things that you're saying you were understanding now that money isn't a real thing, right? It's it's just this idea, this idea between people. Well, the, the thing that's really interesting that I'm learning right now about, and mind you, if you're listening to me, like I'm no expert at this, like I'm still learning very heavily. Um, but there's a difference between currency and money. So yes, like money is technically not real, you know, like we've just agreed upon a value. Sure. Um, pieces of paper. Yeah. But the fact is that's never going to change. But what is important is that money is actually something that has multiple different capacities. But what's different than currency is it has a store of value. So money would be something like a pound of gold. You know, a pound of gold has a store of value. Mm -hmm. Gold has a value. Silver has a store of value. Currency, after I think it was uh, 1971, when Nixon was in office and he declared that the US dollar was no longer backed by gold, no longer has a store of value. So a, a currency is a piece of paper that you hold. It used to be money because it used, or it used to be backed by money. It used to be backed by gold. But since it's no longer backed by gold, they can print as much as they want of it. So therefore, it's currency. It's inflatable. Uh, you can't inflate money. You know, you can't just like you can't go print gold. You can't go print silver. You may be able to mine it, but it costs a lot of money to to do something like that. And there's a finite resources, uh, a finite amount of it on the planet. Whereas money is just a completely, or currency, excuse me, is a completely different thing. Okay, so that's a great definition of money. Mm -hmm. We have currency, and now everybody with U.S. dollars in their pocket or in their bank account, which is just a digital yeah. number, uh, and that money is not sitting. It's not really in there, guys. Right, it's not <laughs> in the bank. It's been loaned out. They're making money with your money, and hopefully we don't all come back and ask for it at the same time, which is a major concern of a lot of people. Yeah. But what the hell is cryptocurrency? So cryptocurrency, it's a broad term right now, you know, because cryptocurrency, there's thousands of cryptocurrencies. They all do different things. A lot of them shouldn't be called cryptocurrencies because they're not really currencies. They're just utility tokens or supposed utility tokens meant to do a specific task. But we'll just, we'll just start with Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin? You know, Bitcoin is the first ever decentralized P2P network. So person to person network where you can send what you would call value, like a store of value. Now that store of value at the current moment might be very volatile, you know, or 10 years since the creation of the Bitcoin white paper, Bitcoin was conceived by a man called, or a man or a woman, no, no one really knows, uh, called Satoshi Nakamoto. We don't know if it's a group of people, we don't know anything about it. But some entity wrote a white paper, which was a nine or 10 page document detailing how a peer-to-peer -peer network of sending currency back and forth would work. And they posted it online. And that was the very beginning of Bitcoin and, and kind of what it is. And in the broader scheme of things, like Bitcoin is is the 
beginning of it's the first blockchain ever created blockchain technology is like the easiest way i can put it and it's probably not like the more you dumb it down the less it becomes accurate but the easiest way that i can put it for someone is it's a digital receipt system so you can put something into the blockchain it can never be altered and it will always be there forever so if i sent you a bitcoin two years ago we will always be able to go back. We will always be able to see that person A sent a Bitcoin to person B at a specific time. It was received at a specific time on a specific date. That can never be changed. It can never be altered. The thing is that person A and person B are just a series of numbers and digits, which was supposedly anonymous in the beginning. It's really not anonymous, but it has some factors and forms of anonymity um, involved in it. I don't know if this no, that, complex, that, this but... is ex- uh, this is excellent. Uh, I've read up quite a bit, not not in recent months, to be honest, but I have a pretty good understanding where I can at least explain cryptocurrency and blockchain off to a person off the street. Yeah. Um, one thing that's really exciting outside of Bitcoin or the other cryptocurrencies that are available as stores of value and or things that you can barter with or or buy things with at an agreed amount price is the blockchain technology and this ledger system that you described where companies, we were talking before, like Amazon could create and I'm sure are creating a ledger system for things like supply chain management, where we can see, okay, Amazon just bought Whole Foods, right? Mm, yeah. A little while ago. But you want to see where your avocado from Mexico came from. Well, you can, you would be able to see, probably with some RFID scanner yeah. on, on your little sticker on your avocado, that whomever, whatever the guy's name was, in Mexico, picked your avocado. It went on this truck. You know exactly the farm that it came from. You know when this person swiped in and out of the bathroom, right? Uh, So that if something went wrong, right? If this avocado ended up in Chipotle, and all of a sudden there's a terrible avocado crisis where everyone's getting E. coli, they can track it back to... X person who didn't, who only spent 47 seconds in the bathroom and probably was at fault for the E. coli breakout. I know that's a almost a far fetched example, but not really. I think this is what the it's, companies could develop. It's not really. It's a good example of what can be developed and what is already being developed. So with supply chain, it gets a little bit more complex, you know, because there are some factors in some areas of, and I don't, I'm not an expert on this at all. I do believe that it can be used for supply chain, but I'm no expert. But from the people I've spoken with, they've, they've pretty much described to me that it can be used for some factors of supply chain. It's not necessary for all factors. A traditional database will do just fine because what's different between Bitcoin and using it for supply chain is like in the supply chain, there's still room for human error. Right. So what if uh, person A doesn't input the correct amount of information uh, in location A or what if they they lie about it? 
What if uh, Steve, who just picked an avocado and says it looks bright green and it's really not bright green? Or maybe he picks it and, and he forgets to send it on day one. So he just reverses and sends it day two. But in the data log, he inputted it as day one. They can still lie about it, right? So there's still sure. room for human error. That's where like it come, becomes interesting in, in, in Bitcoin and utilizing this for like financial purposes is there is like there isn't room for human error in bitcoin i mean the only human error that can occur is if i input your public key and a public key is pretty much like your your bank account information that i would send money from my bank to your bank well you would have to give me that information for me to send it so same kind of concept as a public key the only reason that there would be an error in our transaction is if i implemented your public key wrong and then you're screwed. Your funds are gone forever. But yeah, so that's the interesting thing. And sure. And traditional banking systems are already implementing blockchain technologies to be able to not lose people's money or understand where exactly all of these transactions are going. Is that correct? I don't know the full details and extent on how they're implementing it yet, but it needs to happen in some way, shape or form. I mean, if you think about it, Bitcoin is kind of your own personal bank account in a way. You know, that's kind of how it started off as, as the like marketing or like the idea messaging behind it is like, hey, you own your funds. Like you actually own your funds. You have a private key and a public key. The public key is who I, I if you wanted to send me a Bitcoin, I would give you my public key. You would put it in and you would say one Bitcoin and you would send. That would, that would, immediately come or over a couple minutes would come into my wallet. Now I have a private key and that private key is the only way for me to access that Bitcoin. There is nothing that anyone like to a degree, like as long as I like obviously secure my private key very well and, and, and keep it safe, it can't be hacked. It can't be stolen. There's no intermediary that controls it. It can't be lent out by the banks. You know, that's what we're talking about. It's like, Banks usually lend out like upwards of like 90% sometimes of the funds you put in. So if you put in $100, uh, technically you probably only have like $10 in your bank account, even though it reads $100. Um, that doesn't happen with Bitcoin. And even to go further, there's only 21 million Bitcoins ever. You you can never print more of them. You can never create more than 21 million. It will, it will never happen. And you can't say that about the US dollar, you know? They're, sure. They're printing it right now as we're talking. So, absolutely. Uh, what about people who say, "Oh, this Bitcoin stuff is just for money and drugs and arms on the dark web"? It's a legitimate argument, and and I think that that's like what we're seeing now is that it's not. In the beginning, it was. That's how I got into it in 2013. It was like we were buying drugs online on this thing called the Silk Road. And the only way you could use the Silk Road was with Bitcoin because at the time it was like pretty anonymous, you know. Uh, it's never been 100% anonymous, but that's how things worked back in the day. And if you look at the internet, like the first thing the internet was used for, drugs, you know. The internet was used for porn. It was used for all of these things before we began to implement a broader use case for it before we actually implemented it in, in multiple different industries. And even in the drug argument, I'd say the the, the way most drug dealers utilize uh, or make money, or like the, mo the currency they most receive is the US dollar. 
So sure, <laughs> you know, you can argue Bitcoin's used for drugs, but the dollar you're holding in your pocket has probably a higher probability than the Bitcoin I have in my wallet to be used by a drug dealer. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with. That. I remember being told as a kid. Oh, if you take out your uh, $100 bill, you can find traces of co- cocaine on it. You think, you think that's true? Damn, I have no idea, man. <laughs> that's wild. I, I, I do that. remember hearing that as, as uh, I don't know, middle schooler or something. Probably some bullshit they taught us Probably. in the D.A.R.E. program. You, know, you remember D.A.R.E.? Yeah, of course. Of course. Drug abuse, resistance, yeah, education. Dare, yeah. Okay, so I don't know. I, I think it's it would be a good time to... A, warn people about what could happen with speculative investments, but but B, also tell people where they can get involved, learn more, resources, et cetera, for this type of thing, because it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the the main thing is like where it's still a brand new industry. It's still a brand, like it's 10 years old. You know what I mean? Were you completely stable as a 10-year-old child? Probably not. You still probably had a lot of energy and like back and forth a lot on, on different things. It's the same thing with Bitcoin, you know, it's still it's still a, a 10-year-old child. Does it have potential? Yeah, the 10-year-old child has potential. Does it have a specific use case or a specific purpose or a specific vision yet? Not 100%. It's not solidified. And first things first, always with speculative investments, you got to be you got to be careful. You got to be like do your due diligence, you know. There's too many people at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018 that just got absolutely wrecked. They got destroyed in terms of their investment. Um, they bought too much at too high, like too high of prices, and they didn't understand what a market cycle is. And they pretty much bought at the very end of a, a bull market and at the very beginning of a bear market, and uh, are now sitting. If they still held the whole way, 85 percent down on their initial investment. If they only bought Bitcoin. And there's also a lot of bad players in the space, just like there's a lot of bad players in any any industry. When when a lot of money flows somewhere, there's going to be scammers that follow to try and take your money and uh, do it immorally. So you just got to be careful of of those things. You got to do your research. You got to understand. You got to understand why you're investing. I think too many people like came in at the end of last year investing specifically on the speculative reasons to make a lot of money and to the potential of making a lot of money. But if you understand the technology behind it, and if that technology inspires you, then I encourage you to look deeper into it. And if you're interested and you want to invest, like probably the easiest way to start off is download the Coinbase app, and you can buy Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and a couple other coins in there. Yeah, just don't go too hard. You know, just make sure that you're making a decision that works for like your financial future and things, and and for your belief system around it. Yeah, I would say a good rule would be don't invest anything that you can't afford to lose. A hundred percent. And that's like, that's kind of, it's kind of a meme in the crypto space, you know, because everybody says it, but nobody listened to it, (laughs) or at least nobody did listen to it over the last year. Um, But as we've seen today, it's caused a lot of people, a lot of financial pain. And beyond that, like relationship, emotional pain, relationships breaking, families breaking, it's not good. As Matt said, I always say, don't invest more than you can afford to lose. I would still stick to that. And yeah, just understand where your risk uh, reward ratio is. And if you understand how much risk you're willing to put into it and you stick with that, then you'll probably be happy with the reward. Possibly. I can't say that if you will or not. <laughs> but, but we're hoping for you. We're, we're hoping for you. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> can, can you tell everybody what you do specifically 
in the space uh, with your marketing company? Definitely, definitely. So I started, so it all started off as a brand in the crypto space. Like we were talking about earlier, I used to wear a mask. I used to make videos online. I got a big Twitter channel uh, with a decent audience and uh, just talk about things about cryptocurrency. And then I traveled to Asia to go to these cryptocurrency conferences like four or five months ago for the very first time and saw a huge need in the space. You know, it's the space is filled with a lot of smart fucking people that are developers, that are coders and, and, and know how to create things, but they don't know how to present them to people. They don't know how to market them. So I created a company called Elevated District and Elevated District's uh, sole purpose is to help companies build a marketing message, build social media channels, uh, gather a community. That's what I do, man. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, this has been really fun. Yeah. Really fun. Uh, before we wrap up, yeah, I mean, I guess let's wrap and and tell people where they can find you if they can find your obviously on Twitter, your new podcast because we'll try to coordinate this for the launch of your podcast. Cool. Uh, yeah, where can people reach out, become part of your community? Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter. It's Crypto Shill Nine. That's Crypto S H I L L N Y E. Uh, you can check me out at imni.com. My podcast will be at evolvement.io. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Nye, sir, <laughs> it's been real. Of course, my brother. Thanks, man. Of course, dude. This is uh, this is great. Yeah, it was fun.